Kevin Rogers with you here on 560 WQAM. Plenty of movement around the NBA. A man that has been busy since ever. I can say it since yesterday, since ever. Is our friend. I know he's been on the radio station all day, but he provides such wonderful information that we got to bring him on again. It's Ira Winterman, the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He's live in Sacramento. The summer league going to start in a few days. Ira, good afternoon. How's your day been? Well, let's see. This is my fourth appearance on our intercom family of Florida stations in less than 24 hours. So I'm, I'm kind of like Seinfeld. I'm on somewhere all the time. Well, we'll get you your syndicated checks coming up. Uh, we'll have to talk to someone important later on. But uh, I guess first things first, uh, the, with the Jimmy Butler situation, Jimmy Butler was going to come to the Heat from the Sixers yesterday, and then the four-team trade. How did it all kind of come together? Um, it came together – I don't even know how it came. It came together because the Heat were determined – through heck or high water, they were going to get Jimmy Butler if he wanted to be here. So Jimmy Butler showed up yesterday around 3 o'clock at American Airlines Arena, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, Andy Ellisberg, Nick Harrison, Alonzo Mourning, and they did what they usually did. They did their courtship, but it was apparent that Jimmy Butler, honestly, K-Rodge, going back to last, last fall, wanted to be with the Heat before he was dealt to the 76ers and throughout this, this season. Once that happened... Basically, if you know the Miami Heat, you know Andy Ellisberg who can get anything done. I mean, we should run his tax relief commercials. He just set set out to get a deal done. It got confusing. It does when you're trying to work in multiple team permutations. Dallas thought they were getting Kelly Olenek and and Derek Jones Jr. The Heat thought they were sending out Goran Dragic. Dallas said, nuh-uh, too much money for us to take right now. We're still exploring signings, which they later did, including Seth Curry today. So it sent Ellisburg back to the drawing board. But he already was working on sort of a part two of these permutations of an Hassan Whiteside trade that would lower the Heat's hit against the luxury tax in case they became hard capped. I don't want to get too much into detail here, but basically if you sign Jimmy Butler, you wind up being hard capped at about $138 million. So two separate deals with one common goal wound up being worked into one big four-team trade. The upshot is this. The Heat get Jimmy Butler and Myers Leonard, Jimmy Butler from the Sixers, Myers Leonard from the Trailblazers. The Heat send Hassan Whiteside to Portland, Josh Richardson to Philadelphia, and Mo Harkless, who they had gotten from Portland, out to the Clippers along with a protected 2023 first-round draft choice. End of the day, the Heat wind up keeping, at least for now, Goran Dragic, Kelly Olenek, and Derek Jones Jr., and bring in Jimmy Butler. Did you think at all yesterday, Ira, that when it seemed like Jimmy Butler was going to come to the Heat from the 76ers, that Hassan Whiteside would still be a part of this team, or you thought that Whiteside had to go in some capacity to bring in Butler? I'm going to be honest, K-Raj. I thought Hassan Whiteside, from the moment he opted in the day after the NBA draft, was gone because it had become clear that it was an untenable situation between Eric Spolster and Hassan Whiteside, especially once Bam Adebayo was made the Heat's starting center. From there, it was just a matter of the Heat were going to have to move forward in a different direction. And I've been saying it wasn't a matter of what the Heat got back. And it certainly wasn't the case of where the Heat said, ooh, we can get Myers Leonard, no offense to him, and Mo Harkless, 
It was a matter of let's get someone else's expiring contracts, which were the case with Harkless and, and with Leonard, and let's get rid of this because you just don't need it festering in the locker room. So I think there were separate thoughts of, number one, we need a new leading man. Boom, Jimmy Butler. Number two, we need to get away from what we were, Hassan Whiteside at center. That became the other part of it. All of a sudden, it rolled into one thing. Ira Winmer in the South Florida Sun Sentinel joining us here on 560 WQAM. About Whiteside, I know there's a lot of, uh, I don't even know, mixed emotions from fans about him that it seemed like before he signed that that big deal a few years ago that people were really in love with him. Then he signed the big deal, and people weren't as much in love with him. He still averaged a double-double each season, but uh, it seemed like his production went down last year. I hate to say it like this, Ira, but do you think a lot of people are happy he's gone? I think they are, but I think for the wrong reason. I think they view Hassan Whiteside as someone who refused to fit in with the Heat. When K-Rodge, the reality is this, the game changed. The game that the NBA was playing at the time that Hassan Whiteside made his unbelievable breakthrough is simply not the game that the NBA is playing right now with this three-point-a-thon around the league, and we certainly saw that in the finals. The game changed on us on Whiteside. So you can remain stubborn as a coach like Eric Spolster in the heat and keep trying to knock your head against the wall, work like crazy, run down the shot clock, maybe get a two-point attempt from Hassan, and then, boom, the other team comes down, scores a three-pointer, and takes the lead no matter what you did on offense. I think the game changed on Hassan more than anything. You see it in all sports. You see it in fullbacks in football. You, you see it sometimes the big defensemen in hockey and teams want guys who could move the puck like the Panthers transition and what they made. So I, I think Hassan just sort of styled out of the NBA as you're seeing most of the Hassan-type centers. Can you say that the development of Josh Richardson, a second-round pick out of Tennessee, was a good college player, that him coming to the Heat and doing what he was able to do the last few years, averaged 16 points a game this past year, that that's one of the best developmental jobs that he did? Obviously, Josh had a lot to do with it, too. But to then send him to Philadelphia as a key piece to get Jimmy Butler? Yeah, you know what? It reminds me of so much the Heat have always done along the way. I mean, I know Karan Butler was just here briefly, but again, it was another case of the Heat maximizing. I've seen that with Justice Winslow. For Heat old schoolers, we can go back to players like uh, Rafer Alston, what he did here, and Damon Jones, and certainly Ike Austin. That's what the Heat does. And, and K-Rides, that's the disappointment to me in this trade. And but again, this is not the emotional send-off of a guy who's been with the Heat for decades or anything. But Josh Richardson was loyal to the heat way from the moment he was drafted at number 40 out of Tennessee in the 20, 2015 NBA draft. So he gave his all to the system. And I wrote in my Ask Ira today at InSunSentinel.com, I think heat culture is about this. As long as you're with the heat, they will make you the best possible heat player and NBA player you can be but there's always a risk of being moved on for something better. I do have somewhat trepidations about this deal because I still think there could be a little more to Josh Richardson. Right now, and obviously we know Toronto you know, is an asterisk with Kawhi Leonard. We don't know what his deal is, and obviously the Nets with Durant. But where do you put the heat in the Eastern Conference right now? You know what? It's such a shifting thing, including I spoke to someone uh, who's, who's familiar with Philadelphia today, and he said he's not overwhelmed by the Sixers because he still thinks 
If you're relying on Embiid and Ben Simmons without his outside shot, that's still a question. I have to know, K-Rod, what's going to happen with the Raptors. I'll put it this way. If Kawhi Leonard goes back to the Toronto Raptors, I have them somewhere in the 1-2 with the Milwaukee Bucks. If Kawhi Leonard doesn't go back, I have more as a 4-5 team, sort of in a mix with maybe what the Celtics could be, maybe what the Pacers could be. I still have the heat because I don't know if there's a part two or part three to this from today, probably battling like heck to try to get to four or five, and that's basically it, and they'll need a little bit more development. But, but now that you've kept those components of Dragic, of Olenek, and of, of Jones, they're going to be interesting teams with interesting components, but I'd probably say, and I've been told, at least for now, that the favorite remains the Raptors for Kawhi, so I have probably Milwaukee and, and Toronto 1-2 somewhere up there. Probably Philadelphia just because of depth of talent and adding Al Horford as number three. So I guess the the spot you'd be fighting for would be that number four seed, which is what people thought of last year's Heat. And I say that only because of this. The Brooklyn Nets could be dynastic eventually, but Kevin Durant's not playing this coming season. If, If the Nets had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, it would be a different situation. Not that I don't think they will be good, because I think they still will be absolutely a playoff team. I just don't know how much of a playoff team. How surprised were you that Kevin Durant chose Brooklyn? Um, there's certain players you can't figure out after they've already made um, you know, decisions you know, a little bit out of the box, just like LeBron keeps leaving teams that make the NBA Finals. So we really never could figure out his next step because he, might, he sort of marched to his own drummer. I think Kevin Durant is the same kind of person. I do wonder about how it played out with the Knicks. Did the Knicks really pull the offer because he was injured? Did, did, did Durant look at James Dolan and say, yeah, it's the Garden, but they, those guys are crazy, and just go to Brooklyn? Was it just a case of, hey, I want to play with my buddies? He joined Steph and Clay, but was never really one of them. When he goes to Brooklyn now, he feels he's a friend of Kyrie, and they got together and they brought in their Udonis Haslam in DeAndre Jordan. So I think that's what matters. Again, it's sort of the private side of players we don't know. Same thing right now with Kawhi Leonard. What'd you make of the Sergei Bobrovsky uh, signing with the Panthers? Didn't, I mean, K.R.I., do you know? It, it seemed like this was in the making for so long, and I'm sure, like me, you watched Columbus in that first round be so dynamic, you said, uh-oh, the, you know, the Blue Jackets are going to keep him. There goes that. There, there are certain guys you know are going to be with other teams because of the way the NHL works. So this is, I mean, it's a great move to me, but it's not a surprise because it's something I think a lot of people saw coming. The Panera thing's a little disappointment because everyone talked with Dadanov. It was a package deal of good friends, maybe similar to what I just mentioned about the Nets. So I think that's where the surprise is. I'm a little surprised that Montebo is being set up right now as the backup goalie instead of getting another veteran. I'm waiting to see a little more about how that plays out, but gosh, I say this every year. This has got to be the Panthers' year for the playoffs, right, K-Rodge? You would hope so. They have a new coach in Joel Quenville. They got some new pieces. You would hope, and I think after seeing what St. Louis did this past season, it's just about getting into the playoffs. Yes, well, and it always has been. It always has been, and riding the hot goalie. And now you have a chance to ride the hot goalie because for at least two rounds in these playoffs, Columbus got a chance to ride that goalie. So I'd say at least somewhere, someone who's been it, who had playoff questions really until this year, but certainly encouraging. And I think Roberto Luongo sort of stepped aside because he knew what was coming as well. 
Ira Winterman, the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He is in Sacramento for the NBA Summer League that's going to begin this week. Ira all over the place, and he is just an animal because he has covered all of this free agency. Jimmy Butler going to the Heat, Hassan Whiteside going to the Blazers. We appreciate your time, Ira. Thanks a lot. And if anyone could email me some sleep, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, k Thank you. Ira Winterman out in Sacramento.